Good evening, everybody. Episode 102. It is Monday, February 15th at 7.21 p.m. It was a busy day today. Got a lot done. Got a good run in this morning, early morning run, and had a long day at work. Didn't stop all day. Um, Appointment after appointment, call after call, meeting after meeting, and it always feels good to have a good day at work, except when you're sitting in a chair all day. So Got to get this done, and then it's time to go work out. Excited to do that. But I'm also excited to bring you a good show tonight. But first, I want to bring some bad news. A couple days ago, um, an advocate for veterans had died. His name is Richard Starr. Um, he did a lot of work with veterans besides saving military people overseas and disarming countless IEDs. Did some amazing work for veterans back home in regards to concurrent receipt and pay. And burn pits have been a a very hot topic as of late. PTS is a big one. Traumatic brain injury is one. But uh, burn pits is also something that a lot of veterans are affected by and were impacted by. And when you're in the middle of the desert or or in an inhospitable place, there's really not toilets and porta-potties. And you basically would use outhouses, and then you have to burn that refuse, and you would use JP5 jet fuel and other means and kerosene to light those on fire and it's effective at burning it off but it creates a toxic toxic gas and 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 carbon emission that's that scars the lungs and it's it's just bad stuff it it would be like breathing in plastic or something of that effect but it's burning it's just bad for you and the proper ventilators weren't provided and gear wasn't provided to um, soldiers and airmen and anyone else who was in that situation marines so this is kind of a, a hot button for me, and, and he was a, an amazing advocate for veterans, and it's horrible to see him pass with lung cancer. He's fighting this for a year, and I'm going to dedicate an episode to it tomorrow, but I just want to pass my condolences on to families or veterans who may be watching who are influenced by this man. I personally never had a chance to meet him, but I feel um, that that his presence was cast upon me with the work that I've done with veterans and so uh, big salute, and we will be talking about him tomorrow and also burn pits and what uh, concurrent receipt is. So not to go on a down note, I'll try to add some levity to this, but overall tonight, what are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about one thing and two things, actually, is this, you hear a lot about the millennial generation and boomers, and you hear it all the time, and people are like, oh, okay, boomer. And, you know, I would like to say it doesn't get under my skin, but it gets under my skin. Nobody wants to be called an old fart, and that's basically what they're saying. You're so out of touch, you can't possibly fathom the depth of the youngsters. Well, you know, we did it to our parents, and obviously the kids are doing it to us. And I have a retort that I thought was just fantastic that I'd love to read to you. So we're going to do that. And the second thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about why leftists, now I want to be clear here, leftists, hate Jewish people. And it's not Democrats or liberals so much, but leftists. And unfortunately, because the leftists and the socially progressive do, we're seeing that more Democrats are following suit with this, and it is a shame. So we're going to go into that tonight, and this is going to be a good one. This will be something I think you will enjoy. And it seems to be that the Jewish American and Israeli people are more and more of a topic in this show, and I think it's good because very rarely do we talk about Jewish people unless it's an election year and talk about Florida, and I think that's a shame. And I think they're a very strong ally, and although they are not perfect and all they are not you know, omnipotent, I do believe that Israel is our best chance of sustaining some sort of peace in the Middle East, and they are the best 
choice to support. So we'll go over that tonight. And first, I want to tell you a little joke. And this joke is pretty simple. It's a man trying to tell a joke, but every time he does, somebody interjects and says, hey, this is this and this is that. So I'm going to read that to you tonight. A black Christian man and a white Jewish man walk into a bar. And the person says, hey, that's racist. Okay, so a Christian man and a Jewish man walk into a bar. That's religionist. All right, so two men walk into a bar. The person says, that's sexist. Okay, so a man and a woman walk into a bar. That's homophobic. Fine, so two people walk into a bar. That's ableist. So two people enter a bar that promotes alcoholism. Okay. So two people enter a place. Nope. Animals have rights too. Okay. So two animals, which may or may not be human, enter a place. Now nah, I've heard this one before. Thank you for stopping by. Folks, we are really close to 7,000 viewers, and that is incredible. We should reach that tomorrow, and I want to thank everybody. That is 2,000 in um, seven, eight days. So we were averaging about 1,000 a week um, once things started kicking up, and it's really cooking now. So I want to say thank you. This last video I put up, episode 101, I think it's had almost 10,000 views and about 250 likes and almost 100 shares. Thank you so much. My wife said, maybe it's because you didn't wear the hat and you wore the sweater and you looked clean cut. Well, now I can't take the sweater off. I'm a hockey guy after all, and I believe in tradition and also superstition. So we'll see how this one goes. If this one goes big, I may be washing this darn thing every day or buying more from one of my favorite apparel places, Grunt Style. See that little leather patch on the side? Gotta love it. Big Grunt Style fan. I love their clothing, and they also are very much Tim Jensen, one of the owners, is very avid supporter of burn pit regulation and concurrent pay for veterans. So I will uh, maybe one day reach out to him and see if he'd be willing to come on the show and talk to us. He's a great Marine. I've had a chance to drink with him and hang out with him. He's a good dude. And I'm a big proponent of Grunt Style and all military um, businesses. So stop on by gruntstyle.com when you can and buy a shirt and wear it with pride. All right, let's get to it. I, that's an that's an unplug. I didn't even get paid for that one. So now I'm going to have to blackmail him to come on. Who am I? What do I do? My name is Matt Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me and it is wonderful to see you and I appreciate you stopping by today. What do we do? Well, we talk about all sorts of things. Oh, by the way, turn that off. You can like and subscribe and share right over here. And uh, you can click on the YouTube link, a little envelope right down below. Or you can go on to Facebook and do the same thing by hitting like, follow, share, and leave a comment. Tell us how we're doing and all that stuff. Here's all my handles if you want to see them. Okay, let's get to it. What do we do? Well, we have conversation. And I will tell you this show is not right. It's not left. It's not middle. It's a little bit of everything. I am a constitutionalist. I believe in the Constitution. And whenever there's a question, well, Matt, what do we do? The answer is always simple. Look at the Constitution. And then the second rule is 
look at the Constitution. And I believe that with all my heart and soul. I am a patriot. I believe in the American flag. I believe in loyalty and duty to country. I believe in taking care of your fellow man and woman. And I believe generally that the government should stay the hell out of our lives and leave us alone. But I also have other views. I also have allergies. My nose is killing me. Itchy. Anyway, so that's a little bit about me. I promise you this. If you listen to the show, you might find some things you like. You might find some things you don't like. All I ask you in the end is don't unfriend me. So let's talk about it. Why did this come up today? Why do leftists specifically hate Jewish people? Well, I think that's a strong word. Hate is a very strong word, but we can only look at people and most actions delineate from people's attitude and they essentially speak for them. And the leftists certainly have not necessarily openly admitted hate and anti-Semitism, but the lack of any type of involvement with the state of Israel explains a lot. And if you look at this, this isn't the first time, but Benjamin Netanyahu is being asked, and that is the prime minister of Israel, do you think you're being shunned by Joe Biden because you haven't received a phone call from him? And Joe Biden's been calling all the world leaders. I'll tell you who he's talking to. He's talking to basically all the enemies of the United States and apologizing to them and figuring out how much money we have to give them for the apology tour part 2.0, which his great, wonderful boss, President Obama, did. He's going to do the same thing, and he's going to apologize and try to make peace and create one world order, like all Democrats seem to want to do. The problem is, is that Israel gets left off the plate. Well, here is the very terrible thing, that every single Christian who believes in end of days should be terrified of, and that or not terrified of, depending upon your faith and your belief. But we finally have a very strategic and visible runway for peace in the Middle East. And we've had three three Middle Eastern countries have signed on with Israel, and we are seeing more peace and prosperity in the region than we ever have before. Now, do we expect 100% peace? Absolutely not. The Shiites, the Sunni, the Muslims, they will fight. The Palestinians will fight. India will fight Pakistan, and all of this will happen. And Syria will have its infighting and three different sects fight. And then obviously Israel and Palestine, like I said, and Hezbollah and other terrorist organizations will continue to fight. But what we are seeing is other countries are getting tired of it and they're starting to police their own. And that is a good thing and something that we should absolutely applaud Donald Trump for. And if we're not careful, Joe Biden is going to tear it apart. So it bothers me as why Joe Biden didn't reach out to Netanyahu and one of them, at least Netanyahu in the top three or four. But instead, Netanyahu is doing what he always does. And for four or eight years, he sat there and apologized Obama away and said, no, 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 he'll invite me someday. And no, 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 he'll call me. No, no, he he won't give money to Iran. He won't sign this deal. No, he won't actually fund and send, send it over to Palestine against Israel. No, no, that won't happen. No, he won't backfund the Egyptians and create more funding for surrounding countries than our own defense. No, no, he'll upgrade our F-16s with F-22s and F-35s, but didn't do that except that he upgraded other countries around. The point is this, is that the left do not like the Jews. And there's a reason why, so let's go into it tonight. It's a little bit of a lengthy summation, but I think it's going to open up some eyes for a lot of people. Why do the left hate the Jews is the question, and the Labor Party in the United Kingdom was being convulsed with a public reckoning of the anti-Semitism of some of its most prominent members in 2016, including the former mayor of London, Red Ken Livingston. 
who suspended from the part he was suspended from the party for arguing that Adolf Hitler was effectively a Zionist. He was trying to explain away the anti-Semitic remarks of MP Naz Shah, who suggested that Israel be liquidated and its population forcibly resettled in the United States. In the United States, the Harvard Law Record went to some lengths to conceal the identity of a law student who attacked a visiting Israel dignitary, as in the classic anti-Semitic formulation, Smelly. That student was Hussam el Uklag, a Palestinian leftist. The campus left has, to no one's surprise, rallied to his defense. Among those defending him were a number of Jewish law students who insisted that el Uklag couldn't possibly have known the anti-Semitic history of Smelly Jew. This rhetoric, in spite of his having been reared at the world center of such nonsense, others insisted that the Harvard case and the labor cases are, this too will be familiar, not at all about anti-Semitism, but about anti-Zionism. That argument does not stand up to two seconds of scrutiny and never has. One of the fundamental stories of history is that people move around and bump into each other. It is true that most of the current Jewish population of Israel descends from people who are not precisely sons of the soil they now inhabit, but then neither are the so-called Palestinians who are Arabs. Arabs famously come from Arabia, but they are located all over the world. No one talks about the need to get rid of the Arabs out of Egypt or Libya or Palestine, for that matter, any more than anybody seriously thinks about returning the Americas to the descendants of the aboriginal population, which of course wasn't aboriginal either, but merely the first to immigrate. Emigrate versus immigrate. Immigrate is to move. Anyway, you'll understand. Look it up. The Irish are descended of people not native to Ireland, as indeed ultimately is every population in the world, including those in the African cradle of humanity. And it isn't because the establishment of Israel is relatively speaking fresh in the historical memory and therefore an open wound. Before the end of World War II, there was no Pakistan, and to the extent that there was an India, it was a geographical rather than a political term, much like Palestine. There was no independent Ireland until the 1920s and no Republic of Ireland until 1948, if you can believe that. There was no People's Republic of China until 1949. There was no Zimbabwe until 1980, no Czech Republic until 1993, and no modern Democratic Republic of the Congo until 1997. Israel is an ancient state compared with geopolitical newcomers, such as the 30-odd countries created since 1990. Yet it is the Jewish state and the Jewish state alone that is permanently marked for extermination. No one is throwing a fit about Tamor Leste or Serbia. The old saw about American racial politics was that in the South, whites accepted blacks individually, but rejected them corporately. Whereas in the North, it was the opposite, with the Yankees embracing integration and equality in theory while ensuring that they rarely encountered a black American in person. Senator Bernie Sanders, proud son of diverse Brooklyn, now represents the whitest state in the Union. And that's the best that the left can say for itself. We don't hate the Jews individually, just as a nation, unquote. That's not much of a defense. 
Hashtag share, hashtag Adolf Hitler is supposed to have justified his anti-Semitism to Otto Wagner on the grounds that the Jew is not a socialist. Neither was the Jew a new Soviet man as Joseph Stalin's minions launched their murderous purges with denunciations of rootless cosmopolitans, a term of abuse recently revived by partisans of Donald Trump. In the United States, the Jew haters took the opposite view, that Jews were to be reveled because they were socialist and potential new Soviet men. The Jews can be whatever their enemies need them to be, as always. For Henry Ford and more than a few on the modern left, the Jews are the international bankers secretly pulling the strings of the global economy. As one widely circulated Occupy video put it, the smallest group in America controls the money, media, and all other things. The fingerprints belong to the Jewish bankers who control Wall Street. I am against Jews who rob America. They are 1% who control America. President Obama is a Jewish puppet. The entire economy is Jewish. Every federal judge on the East Coast is Jewish. For those who learned at the feet of that old fraud Edward, said the Jews are the colonists, the European modernists, inflicting capitalism and technology upon the noble savages of their imaginations. The Israeli Jews commit the double crime of insisting upon being Jews and refusing to be sacrificial victims for anyone. They were okay, in the left's estimate, for about five minutes back when Israel's future was assumed to be one of low impact, kibbutz socialism. History went in a different direction, and today Israel has one of the world's most sophisticated economies and one of the most sophisticated defenses. For the Jew hater, this is maddening. Throw the Jews out of Spain and they thrive abroad. Send them to the poorest slums in New York and those slums stop being slums. Keep them out of the Ivy League and watch NYU become a world-class institution inspired by men such as Jonas Salk, son of largely uneducated Polish immigrants. Put the Jewish state in a desert wasteland and watch it bloom, first with produce and then with technology. Israel today has more companies listed on NASDAQ than any other country except the United States and China. The economy under Palestine, Palestinian management, olives, handcrafts, and a GDP per capita that barely exceeds that of the Sudan. The Arab-Israeli conflict is bitter and ugly one. My own view of it is that the Palestinian Arabs have some legitimate grievances, and I have always said that and that I stopped caring about them when they started blowing up children in pizza shops. You can thank the courageous heroes of the Battle of Sabaro for that. Israel isn't my country. It is my country's ally, and it is impossible for a liberty-loving American to fail to admire what the Jewish state has done, and that, of course, is why the left wants to see the Jewish state exterminated. There is a very pressing issue of anti-Semitism making its way through the halls of Congress and in our legislature. And the more times that we bring on people like Ilan Omar, and yes, Ocasio-Cortez, and any of the other socialist propagandists, is that they do not believe in the Jewish state. The reason why is because they hold the time-old adage that the Germans did and the Nazis did as they threw them in fires and gassed them to death was that they had all the money and had all the power. And that stereotype did not die 
with Nazi Germany. It's alive and well America with the Socialist Party. There was another wonderful thing that I read this week, and I loved it. I want you to imagine an old lady as she is breaking out her checkbook and buying her groceries from the local store. And there is a young millennial who is swiping the aforementioned groceries one at a time across the scanner and punching in the produce codes. And a conversation begins. And I've heard this conversation a million times. And I had a great conversation with Leroy on Saturday. I've got about two and a half hours to edit, but I really want you to listen to it. It's fantastic. But I've got to edit it right, so it's going to take some time. But either way, this is pretty much every conversation that I've had with a millennial when it comes to politics. And it was refreshing to have a different one on Saturday. And the story starts a little something like this. Checking out at the store, the young cashier suggested to the much older lady that she should bring her own grocery bags because plastic bags are not good. For the environment. The woman apologized to the young girl and explained, We didn't have this green thing back in my earlier days. The young clerk responded, That's our problem today. Your generation did not care enough to save our environment for future generations. The older lady said that she was right. Our generation didn't have the green thing in its day. The older lady went on to explain, back then we returned milk bottles, soda bottles, and beer bottles to the store. The store sent them back to the plant to be washed and sterilized and refilled so it could use the same bottles over and over. So they really were recycled, but we didn't have the green thing back in our day. Grocery stores bagged our groceries in brown paper bags that we reused for numerous things. Most memorable besides household garbage bags was the use of brown paper bags as book covers for our school books. This was to ensure that the public property the books provided for our use by the school was not defaced by our scribblings. Then we were able to personalize our books on the brown paper bags, but too bad we didn't do the green thing back then. We walked upstairs because we didn't have an escalator in every store and office building. We walked to the grocery store and didn't climb into a 300-horsepower machine every time we had to go two blocks. But she was right. We didn't have the green thing in our day. Back then, we washed the baby's diapers because we didn't have the throwaway kind. We dried clothes on a line, not at an energy-gobbling machine, burning up 220 volts. Wind and solar power really did dry our clothes back in our early days. Kids got hand-me-down clothes from their brothers or sisters, not always brand new clothing. But that young lady is right. We didn't have the green thing back in our day. Back then, we had one TV or one radio in the house, not a TV in every room, and the TV had a small screen the size of a handkerchief. Remember them? Not a screen the size of the state of Montana. In the kitchen, we blended and stirred by hand because we didn't have electric machines to do everything for us. When we packaged a fragile item to send in the mail, we used wadded-up old newspapers to cushion it, not styrofoam or plastic bubble wrap. Back then, we didn't fire up an engine and burn gasoline just to cut the lawn. We used a push mower that ran on human power. 
We exercise by working, so we didn't need to go to a health club to run on treadmills that operate on electricity. But you're right. We didn't have the green thing back then. We drank from a fountain when we were thirsty instead of using a cup or a plastic bottle every time we had to drink of water. We refilled writing pens with ink instead of buying a new pen, and we replaced the razor blade in a razor instead of throwing away the whole razor just because the blade got dull. But we didn't have the green thing back then. Back then, people took the streetcar or a bus, and kids rode their bikes to school or walked instead of turning their moms into a 24-hour taxi service and the family's $45,000 SUV or van, which cost what a whole house did before the green thing. We had one electrical outlet in a room, not an entire bank of sockets to power a dozen appliances, and we didn't need a computerized gadget to receive a signal beamed from satellites 23,000 miles out in space in order to find the nearest burger joint. But isn't it sad the current generation laments how wasteful we old folks were just because we didn't have the green thing back then? And if you would do me a favor, folks, if you could please forward this on to another selfish old person and show them this video, because they too may need a lesson in a conversation from a smart-ass young person who doesn't like being old or doesn't, wouldn't like being old in the first place. So it doesn't take much to piss us off, especially from a tattooed, multiple-pierced smart-ass who can't make change without the cash register telling them how much to give back folks that's it for my show tonight it's kind of a fun one to read on the end usually i do some ad lib but tonight's show nonetheless is true and i think we need to give millennials a break because i'm sure they will write their own diatribe about us old people and how unfortunately naive we are to the pains that they go through but just for a little while longer, while we still have our memories and we still have the ability to get up and walk, we should give them as much <laughs> as we possibly can. Because why? Because our parents did the same to us. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you so much for watching. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, and follow on YouTube and all my other channels. I would greatly appreciate it. By the way, I did an open with it, day 103 of the hostage crisis. Thank you so much, Facebook. They won't let me advertise. They won't let me do anything. And that's because they are Nazis, just like Twitter and everyone else, because they don't want this show getting out. I don't know why, because the truth should be free and everyone should listen to it. Make up stories. I don't often lie, but when I do, you can promise that it's going to be a whopper and a good one, but not enough to be banned from advertising. Please, Facebook, let me advertise so I can get the word out, but maybe that's what you're afraid of. Remember also, folks, you can visit Veteran Crisis Hotline if you are having struggles with traumatic brain injury, with anxiety, with PTS. Veteran Crisis Hotline is there for you. Veterans, you deserve it. Please pick up the phone. 22 veterans a day. Brothers and sisters commit suicide. It is way too many. If you recognize those signs, please help a veteran. Reach out and talk to them. It's the best thing you can do. If you don't speak the language, if you don't feel you can, you can reach out to me anytime through my website or on Facebook, and I will get in touch as soon as I can. There are plenty of other viewers who are military, and they will do the same. And last but not least, if you are a civilian, you can be helped too. Call the Veteran Crisis Hotline or go to my website at donutfriendly.com. Click on the VCL link and uh, it will give you a link to Skype and a video chat. Thank you so much, folks. I will see you tomorrow for episode 103. 
Let's see if we can get this one shared as many times as we can. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked it. Give me feedback below. Tell me what you're thinking. I'd love to hear from you. If you're queuing on and you want to tell me all these conspiracies, theories, uh, you're good. You don't have to leave that. You can go somewhere else. Go to the left. Go to the right. Swipe somewhere else. You'll find a better page. But if you're just a person want to have a conversation, I am in it to win it, and I can't wait to talk to you. I will see you tomorrow. Oh, that's just my opinion. Don't unfriend me. Thanks for watching Don't Unfriend Me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Aleko's Design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www.alekosdesigns.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks. Still Point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans, and we absolutely love them. Special thanks that amazing song and you can hear citizen soldier at reverbnation.com slash stillpoint